So I've always been the type of person where it's like, I strive for perfection. So for me, it's humbling whenever I'm painting, knowing that, okay, it's not gonna be perfect. It can't be perfect. Hey friends, this is Kyla Denagno, and every season I speak to a graduate of the Southern University Law Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That is where I graduated from law school and it is very near and dear to my heart. So let's get right into this episode featuring an SULC graduate. Welcome to the You Are Your podcast, Teresa Phillips. How are you? Hey. I'm doing great. How have you been? I've been doing really well. We were just catching up online because I probably haven't seen you in eight years since we got out of law school. Can you believe that? Yeah, give or take, which is insane because I was actually thinking about that this morning. I was like, if eight more years passes and we don't talk for another eight years, I'm like, how old will I be at that point? It's kind of scary <laughs> to think about how fast time moves, you know? It's 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 crazy. So yeah, about eight years. And you I look know. the same, so that's good. Not aging <laughs> at all. <laughs> Thank you. You look different, but mostly because you cut your hair and you have this whole like, I mean, you were confident before, but now that I know you as an artist, I think you have this whole like other creative confidence going on. And so cutting my hair for me, I probably did that about three years ago because when we were in law school, I wore my hair up with a headband all the time because I didn't want my hair in my face. So cutting my hair for me was like very liberating for some reason. And I feel like after I cut it, I really did kind of like step into my own. Like I felt like I became more myself. And not only, I don't want to grow my hair or have to go through that awkward phase. So I kind of think I'm just going to keep it short forever, but it is more me. All of my friends and family that know me very closely tell me it's it's me. My hairstyle is me. And the, the confidence aspect, I'm working on that, which is a big reason why I do the art that I do. Okay. And I can't wait. We're going to definitely talk about the art. So I went through this phase in early 2023, where I was like, oh, confidence was so low and all this stuff. And I read this book called Five Second Decisions, and it's written by a lawyer. And she actually says that confidence is practice. She's like, it's a muscle just like any other muscle. Like some days you wake up, you feel strong. Some days you don't, and you have to just work it out. And I was like, why has no one ever told me that before? Like, That's true. That's very true. And being more mindful of it. You know what I mean? That's really important for me is to, you know, when I get into my own head about you know, am I good enough? Am I good enough to do this? Do good enough to do that? I kind of have to step back and be like, dude, like you're awesome. If anybody, if this person can do it, you can do it. So it's been a learning, it's a, it's a learning process for sure. I'm 34 and I feel like that's going to be something I'm teaching myself daily as my life progresses. So you can do it. You'll keep doing it. So when we were in law school, I know that we were in different sections, but we had a couple classes together. And you actually practice in insurance defense. Is that what you intended to practice when you were in school? Um, I will say this. I remember in law school, in my, what was it, legal research and writing, it was 1L year. We had to do oral arguments. And I was assigned defense perspective. And in that moment, I just felt like defense is, I don't ever see myself, you know, nothing against plaintiff's attorneys. It's just not me. I've always had more of a defense mentality. And I've enjoyed it. So was it something that I felt like to do? You know, I was like, I was open to whatever. But after that oral argument, I did feel like more inclined to go into defense work. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've always been like the cheering for the underdog, defending people type person too. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. I've been following you on social media and I have artwork all over my house. I like to play with Play-Doh now with my little toddler. 
but you have been painting. Oh, this is legit, right? Like people are commenting, people are buying it. And they're like, look, I got my order. How did you get into painting? Where did that come from? Okay, so I really do wish I had an amazing story for you as to how it started, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very transparent and very honest with you as to how it started. So I just felt like, which I'm sure most people that are in our shoes, the monotony of my every everyday life, it was kind of just like go to work, come home, take care of my dogs. I'm not married, I don't have kids. Uh, my dogs are my kids, but and I would just come home, go to bed, start over, and it was just the same thing all the time. And I found myself wanting to drink chocolate martinis almost every night. And I was like, okay, Teresa, like, that's not you. Like, this is not the kind of person I am. I love a chocolate martini still, but drinking every night for me just wasn't something that I was ever used to doing. So I was like, okay, I need to find a hobby. I need to find something that I enjoy doing. And I do not know where it came from. Something in my like soul and my heart told me to start painting. And so I started doing it and it's been a learning process for me because I've really taught myself everything that I've, that I've been doing, you know, as far as like the paints, the tools, everything is, I've been Googling everything. So it's just a learning process and it's, it's been, it's been really exciting and definitely a big difference from my everyday job. So yeah. I love that, but I, I have to give more detail. So you're like, okay, my hands want to do something. I want to paint up. Do you drive to an art store and just walk through and you're like, color pencils? No. Chalk? No. Okay. So first of all, going into an art store is very dangerous for me. I have to go in (laughs) with like a list as to what I need. So the way it started was I started with watercolor because I just thought watercolor was really cool and there was just something relaxing about watercolor. But then I was like, you know what? I like a more bold look. I like like watercolor, you know, they have the washed out look, of course, but there's something about acrylics and brightness and boldness for me that I was looking for. So I've never been a a drawer. Like I can't take a pen and paper and draw a a figure or like a face that looks good. You know what I mean? I'm more of a color type person. So I always knew that I wanted it to be something that was colorful and acrylics just been something i've stuck with i tried oil but it takes way too long to dry and i'm too impatient to see the uh finished product so it's acrylic for me and that's kind of where i'm sticking for now okay so watercolors to acrylics and then your artwork has all this texture right i'm gonna sound like an expert but i just watched the andy warhol documentary (laughs) so i'm like i got you know jackson pollock in my mind yeah texture it's like a palette kind of method and i'll put up some pictures here on the youtube yeah what made you start with that were you just like because you don't draw you're not gonna just paint a face so you were like let me just play with texture and right yeah actually that is why and i think that i kind of sat back and i was like okay why am i so attracted to the textures and the colors like why is that a thing for me and i was sitting down and i was like it's because i look at words in black and white all day every day at work right so when i get home I don't want to see black and white. And I tell people when they're interested in my art, I'm like, look, if you're into neutrals, I am not your girl because I have a maximalist style. I like bright colors. I like if someone walks into a room and they see my piece on the wall, I want it to be a statement piece and I want it to be something that's noticed. So I just got into the with the textures. I just feel like it brings out the colors better. And I mean, I can have a whole bunch of colors, but once you add a little bit of texture to it, it just does something to the piece that I really enjoy. So that's pretty much been in almost all of my paintings. Okay. And what's the name of your shop again? The business is just TCP Art. 
simple my initials so okay so you're working in defense and i'm picturing you in big law do you like wear the black or charcoal gray suit and go into the office and all that okay so on a regular basis no i do dress okay. obviously nicer than i'm dressed right now but um put on a suit but i will tell you this i'm not which i'm sure you already know this i'm not like what you would think of as an attorney i have like half a sleeve tattoo cut all my hair off just it's not what people think about but i do think that it's refreshing for some people because i'm not like everybody else you know and so when i go in and i do wear a suit i do like to look my absolute best there are a lot of people that do wear very very nice suits and whatnot but i'm more of a wingtip Oxford shoes type of girl. So <laughs> that's pretty much my uniform or some Doc Martens. I like to throw on some Doc Martens too. So keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. So I'm trying like in my mind, cause I'm, I'm a storyteller. So I'm picturing you and I'm like watching you walk in like a black and white scene. And then it turns the color as you walk into your house and then you have like all your artwork on the wall. Um, so you said when people talk to you about art, does that mean you do commissions? Like I do request. I what do. What got you into that? Because that's very different than selling a created piece. Honestly, I don't know what's gotten me to any of this. I kind of feel like it's happened so fast. But I think it was because I realized that I don't have everything that people want. So they might go to my page and be like, okay, I like this, but I would like it in this color. I would like this, this, this. And like I said before, I just won't do neutrals. So I think I've done one neutral piece and it did sell, but it just wasn't me. It, like, it's not the same process for me. I don't get as much joy and like, I, it's not as fulfilling for me to see neutral colors on a page. So I always just make sure to tell people that if they want a commission piece, has to be something colorful, has to be something loud. That's really, that's really all I do. So my dad bought a new house and he was like, all right, we want this new piece for our bedroom. And he was like, it's 60 by 28, which is freaking huge. Okay. A canvas for one of those sizes at a store is like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So going back to the YouTube thing, I was like, I'm going to stretch it myself. So, <laughs> so cause I'm very like, I want to do things myself. And it's very frustrating for me when like, there's things that I can't do, and I hate to admit it, but of course men are stronger and you know, I just can't do everything. So I do need help. And in that moment, my dad's friend actually built the frame, but now I know how to build them myself because I taught myself and I got like a miter saw and I actually have a few framed pieces of frames that I built too. So, cause I never wanted to be in the position of having to rely on someone to do it. So in that, uh, for that piece, his friend built the frame and I stretched the canvas and it's huge it's over his bed that was the first commission piece i did and then i actually the next commission piece i did which was definitely different from my other pieces of art were um a friend of mine her little girl she was turning i think she was turning one or something like that and she wanted a piece where it was all i don't know if you've seen my pieces where it's like the little squares okay so she wanted something like that but in each square she wanted like a different type of butt drawn in it and she said, and so it's like a big old square of little squares with little different butts that I drew in it because she wants, she wanted it for her baby's bathroom to like, I don't know, I guess it's just something with like her husband or baby. It's just like the style they're going for. Like all butts are cute type thing. I don't really know. But so when she asked me that, I was like, ooh, I was like, listen, I don't draw very often, but I'm willing to try, you know, like why not? So I did it and it actually came out really, really like she really enjoyed it. And she's like, I can't stop looking at it. You know, the colors, blah, blah, blah. 
So that was different for me because I don't draw. And so it's like, you know what? Maybe I can draw. Maybe I can do this. So it's definitely like stepping out of my comfort zone. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do throughout this entire process. So yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah. bubbling over with questions because yeah, come on. I love the commission piece. What goes into stretching canvas? Like I've seen canvas on a frame, but like you can't just take it from the store and then wrap it. You know what I mean? Like what goes into that? Right. Okay. So you buy the canvas. I buy it in these big rolls and um, you cut it to the size, obviously, of whatever size you want. And so then you have your stretcher bars, which is like a wooden frame that you're planning on stretching the canvas over. So then after you cut it, you have to, there's a little tool. You don't have to use this tool, but it's, I call it a canvas stretcher. I don't really know what the, the actual name is, but you use it to kind of like pull up on the canvas and stretch it to where it's taunt and it's tight up against the frame. And then you just staple along the edges, make sure the ends are neatly folded in. And I mean, that's really, that's all there is to it. The frame is the hardest part harder than the canvas yeah because i'm looking at your site now and i know you sell the stuff and you can actually ship it framed and i wasn't i never thought about what was happening behind there but behind there is the stretched canvas that you have the paint on yeah well some of them also what i do is like if i know i want a specific size i'll just use a canvas and build it into a frame if that makes sense so like, it might not have to be a stretch canvas that I've stretched. It might be like someone may want a 16 by 20 frame. I'll take a 16 by 20 because that's a common size for canvases. I'll take a 16 by 20, build the frame, and then I'll make sure it's secure in the frame. So it just depends. If you want like a weird size, that's when the stretching of the canvas comes in. Unless you want to spend tons of money, then stretching canvas is definitely the better, the better route. Yeah. So there's a couple things that keep jumping out at me. First of all, your dad asked for a commission piece and you were like, yes, here you go. This is the price, right? Most people have been like, no, dad, stop. I'll make it for you. And you're like, wait, maybe I can do commissions. I love that you leaned into that. <laughs> and then the second thing is, I don't think it's too bad that you didn't want to rely on anyone else. I feel like the lawyers in us were like, if I can read it in a book and figure it out, or if I can watch it on YouTube and learn it myself, let me just learn it myself. Like, I think that's just part of our makeup. Right. 100%. 100%. Everything I can do that's within my physical ability, I want to do it without having to rely on anyone. And that's in all aspects of my life. I mean, even when I'm in the office, it's like, I can't do everything, right? Because I have to rely on some people to do their jobs to allow me to continue to do mine. So it's frustrating when, you know, you're waiting on someone else to do something. But then I have to sit back and be like, all right, like I've done everything I can do, you know, and it, it kind of translates into my art as well, because there's things that I'm like, I cannot do that. Like building that huge frame that first time I was like, I can't do it. But now I look back and I'm like, I could do it. You know, it's just like, you just got to try and take a risk. And for me, it's been a very, very interesting experience. And like I said earlier, it's been going by so fast. I think I started this like maybe like eight, nine months ago. And people, when they come up to me, they're like, oh my gosh, I thought you've been doing this forever. Like, no, about eight, nine months. That's it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So three years ago, you cut your hair, which is 2020, 2019. Yeah. And then yeah. two years later, you start, well, what else creative thing can I do when you get into art? Well, there were a couple steps in between that. So COVID happened. And I think a lot of us, when we were at, during COVID, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so bored. Like, what can I do? And I've always had the type of mindset where I always feel like there's more for me. Like, 
I love like, okay, I'm an attorney. Great. I'm proud of where I am, but I've just always felt like there's more, like I'm meant for more. And like, I can kind of like feel it in my soul, feel it in my heart. I'm meant for bigger things. And I'm, I'm always a dreamer, right? I always have this headspace where I'm like, okay, what can I do to make money? I don't want to sit down and do nothing because I'm not making money. And I don't know about you, but my student loans are like not cheap. So I need to do anything I can to make money. And I want it to be something that I enjoy doing. So during COVID, I was like, you know what? I want to learn how to sew. And so I have a very, like, my style is very old school. So, like, I live in an old mid-century house. It was, like, it's authentic. Like, I'd, I'd rather buy something from a thrift store than buy something brand new. I've just always been like that. So I was like, you know what? How cool would it be to make hats that a patch, it's a vintage patch. And so I asked my aunt to teach me to sew. This is all during COVID. Bought a sewing machine. Started making my own hats. I actually, I'm using this as a bookmark right now. This is a patch that I had made that I put on my hats. And that's kind of how it started. I was like, I'm going to start a business because why not? Let me just do it. And it actually became like, it was a pretty big deal. Like I had a lot more people interested in hats than I thought would be. Like the whole point of that, I wanted it to be something that everyone around, around the country can enjoy it. So like, I love when I sell a hat and I'll get a picture and they're in like Colorado, Colorado in the mountains with my hat. There's just something like fulfilling and gratifying about that for me, knowing that like the time that I put into making it. So going back to the art, this, that's how it started. So like I started with that and then I was like, huh, I would like to learn how to uh, sew bow ties and like make bow ties. And so I got some like cool fabric. I swear I did not have this planned. I just have junk all over this room. And this is one that I, that I had made. Because when, when people say a workroom, like, this my room. I have, like, my drum set, my sewing machine, my art stuff. Like, it's an all-in-one type room. So let me sew uh, bow ties. So I was like, all right, cool. So took a break from that. And then that's where kind of, like, the art thing came in. But I've just always had, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be able to make my own money. Will I, all, will I quit practicing law? I'm not saying that by any means. I just know that I need to do more. You know what I mean? It does make sense. But, like... I can appreciate that now because I've been reading all these books about like giving yourself permission to dream and permission to do all the things like, okay, I'm already successful as an attorney, but I want to make hats, but I want to make bow ties, but I want to paint. Most people will just settle and be like, I already have everything. I'm fine. And you're like, no, like that natural curiosity. I love the fact that you don't tamper it. You're like, okay, what else? Next year you might make dresses. You know, you don't know. And you're just like, I'm open to it. Whatever happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's probably, I mean, I, like I said, I don't have kids. I'm not married. And it's kind of hard to like not get into your own head and kind of start to feel bad for yourself. You know, like, oh, I'm behind in life, whatever. So instead I decided to like turn that mentality around. And I was like, what can I do to enjoy my time? Because I have a feeling that a lot of moms would love to have time to themselves. I'm sure you, you could relate to that. So grass is always greener. I was like, let me use this time where I'm feeling sad to flip it around and do something that like makes me happy and makes me feel like fulfilled, satisfied, makes me feel like I'm doing something with my life. Because law, of course, I'm doing something with my life. It's busy. You don't understand that. But there, I just wanted more. I wanted to do more. I started playing drums a year and a half ago because I was like, I've always wanted to play drums, bought a drum set, started taking lessons. I don't know. And I don't know if it's like, as I'm getting older, it's like, I'm reminded of my mortality and I want to make sure I do everything that I want to do. Well, it could be that, but also, you know, you were going into five, six years of practicing law. You probably were like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've mastered this aspect. What else will challenge me? 
right? right. And so then you picked up these other things too. Um, right. I'm looking at the Magnolia hat because I have this Magnolia tattoo. I got it right after I left Louisiana. I have a Magnolia tattoo. Because <laughs> Louisiana was such a big part of me. And I was like, oh, I need something on me. Yeah. So I have to grab this. Yeah. Yeah. The um, Magnolia patch was actually one that I made. I like designed it on my ooh. iPad. I love it. It looks really good. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Thank um, you. And yes, I would always like to have more time, but I actually have a lot of time because have you read the book, The Big Leap? L-E-A-P? No, I have not. Maybe I should. I'd probably like it. Yeah. If you ever heard someone talk about like their zone of genius and finding the things that you love, that's from that book, which is a good deal. It's a big deal. But the most important thing to me from that book was he said, you create time, right? So I get up at like 4.30 in the morning and I work from 4.30 until 7 when my daughter and my husband get up. And then like, I've already done so much in those three hours that then like, you know, it allows me to record during the day and do all the rest of this stuff. Um, And, but like one of my favorite things from that book, it's written by Gay Hendricks and he says, you create time. And I was like, I create time. So like, you never have to say, oh, I'm running late. Oh, I don't have time for that. He was like, just say you don't want to go. Like, cause you can do, you create time. I was like, I believe in that. People do what they want to do, right? So like, I didn't have time. I didn't see your text message. Like, no, if you really wanted to, you would have responded. So yeah, no, I believe in that. And I think that time management is super important. And so waking, I don't know how you wake up at four. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. What time do you go to bed? My kiddo goes to bed at 8.30 and I'm usually in bed like 9.15. So, but it's worth it though, because like right now I'm legit, tired because I've already put in most of the day like by the time she gets out of school at four o'clock and I'll be like all right it's time to wind down because I've already been working already but I do a lot of things I do YouTube book reviews two a week I do this podcast I edit podcasts for other people I have a lot of stuff going um, that is freaking awesome I love it Mm -hmm. I love that (laughs) do you think that being creative has made you a better lawyer how do you think those two have connected I really do. And I think that when I started painting, I've always tried to think of them as being mutually exclusive because I I keep those two areas of my life apart. So like, I don't even talk about my art at the law firm because I want to keep it separate and apart. It's like I wear two hats, right? So like in the mornings until I get off of work, I go into the office, I'm doing that. But then when I get off and I come home, I have put my artist hat on. So as far as creativity goes, I think that they're different and I try to keep them different. But what I will say is that I feel like being like this whole artistic thing, it's really taught me that like not everything can be perfect. So I've always been the type of person where it's like I strive for perfection and I'm my own worst critic all the time. And so it's like, I want to know that at the end of the day, I put my best work in and I did the best that I possibly could do. So for me, it's it's humbling whenever I'm painting, knowing that, okay, it's not going to be perfect. It can't be perfect, right? So like, it's supposed to look like a bunch of color, random streaks, random textures, dots, lines, whatever. And that's the whole concept. It's not going to be perfect. And so it's it's good for me in that sense, if that makes sense. To like, remind myself that, you know, you can't do everything perfect, but at the end of the day, you could still come up with something that's like amazing. So. So what I love about that is I think that being an attorney is really creative. We don't think about it that way, but I mean, you're looking for statutes, you're looking for case law, you're looking for all this stuff. You are creating this defense. 
You know what I mean? A lot of times out of stuff that hasn't been seen before, because if it's been seen before, you can just use that precedent. You wouldn't have to like take it up and be, you know what I mean? So that is creativity, but I don't think we really think of it as creativity. Yeah. And you're, and you're right. I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of that as creativity, but I do love to do that. So like I can get into like a, a deep, deep hole with some research, you know what I mean? And I do enjoy doing that at work. I really do enjoy it. But it's just, I guess it is a different type of creativity. But yeah, I agree with you. It is, that is a type of creativity is, is the research aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I've always loved words. I loved writing words. I love reading books. And now I'm like, oh, it makes sense that you love podcasts. It's just speaking words. You love editing podcasts. You're editing someone's speaking words. I'm like, you've always loved words, like in all their iterations. So it makes sense. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how, how life happens, huh? I know. It yeah. is. As long as you lean yeah. into it. Like, we're right. often so busy to be like, no, this is who I am. And it's like, right. but you could wear all the hats. Like, give yourself permission. Right. I agree with that 100%. And I'm a huge proponent of mental health. And I feel like in, in this career as an attorney, it's it's kind of look, not looked upon the way that our generation looks upon it. And so I think that at the end of the day, you have to do whatever makes you happy. And, you know, law may make you happy, but is that really checking all the boxes in your life? You know, and for me, it wasn't. And I was able to recognize that. And so I did something about it. Yeah. And if I could be honest, I mean, nothing checks all the boxes. You know what I mean? Being a parent doesn't check all the boxes. Being married doesn't check all the boxes. Being a lawyer doesn't check all the boxes. Being a Louisiana and being an Ohioan, like you have, you are multifaceted and you need like all those. Yeah. So my last question, and I ask every guest this, this podcast is mostly listened to by new lawyers. So five years practicing or less, which isn't us. That's crazy to say. Um, so sad. Oh my God. Or law students. What okay. would you say to them about what they can do with their law degrees? Ooh, what can they do with their law degrees? Um, really, if you can pass law school, I feel like you already can do so much. You know what I mean? Like just going to law school and passing law school is a feat in itself. So you could do anything. I mean, anything. And I really think anything in general that you put your mind to in life, if you really want it, you can have it. And so as far as like law, if you want to be in plaintiff's work, awesome. Defense work, awesome. You want to go into the corporate realm, intellectual property, whatever. There's so many areas, but then there's also branch offs, if that makes sense. So like you can, you know, work with um, teens on a weekend and a sports group and like just do things to keep yourself like intertwined with the community as well. And then, but of course, just always having that JD on your name is just, it's just, it's an accomplishment alone. So it is. I mean, I think about from your story, like if you had to negotiate with someone during commissions, but also like you probably learned how to negotiate, you learned how to like write contracts, you learned all of that stuff. Right. And yeah, and it does. And it translates into owning your own business. And I mean, like with the hats with everything else, I do think that my law degree has helped me in that aspect is that it does help you. And it's things that you wouldn't really think about, you know, like, yeah, network and networking. Also, I feel like being an attorney, you meet so many people and then you can use those networking opportunities any way you may need them in your own personal business. You know, so it's just a lot of things do translate over, but then they're also very different for me at least, the art and the law. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love this.
Thank you so much. I think the audience is really going to love it. And if you want to keep it separate, you know, we don't have to put it on LinkedIn. I'll just put something up on Instagram and you can find with that. No, you're, you could definitely put it on LinkedIn. And also because I do think that I do need to kind of make it more known in the legal world. Like I need to not tr keep it so separate. Like, I don't know if that's helping me or hurting me, but I think it's more of a mental thing. Have you ever seen those bee dogs, the Mardi Gras bee dogs? Like in New Orleans, they're like a thing. And so Haydell's Bakery is very well known in the city. And I actually think nationwide too. So every year they have an artist, the bee dog that they raffle off for a nonprofit or for a charity in the, a local charity. And they asked me to do their dog for 2024. And so I have not like, I mean, you might be like the sixth or seventh person that I've told. I don't even know because I'm like, oh God, what if it turns out shitty? Like, I don't want, I don't want people to know I did it. These are beautiful. So they give you the dog and then you design it however you want, but the actual structure is made. Correct. And then what also was kind of difficult about it was they don't give you like, okay, we want this theme. We want this. But then also they're like, you could do whatever you want. So yeah, like that's liberating. Love it. But when you're looking at a big 50 pound white bee dog, where do you start? I'm just like, okay, like where do I start? Yes. So first of all, they wouldn't have asked you if they didn't think you would do a great job. So that right. even if you doubt yourself, like write a post-it that says, hey, Dales thinks I can do this. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah, hopefully. Well, when I'm famous one day, I won't forget you. I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> For sure. And I was thinking about that. I try to like, do you have a vision board? Mm -hmm. I just recorded a book review about making my vision board. Okay. okay, I love them. I love a vision board, right? So I, it's hanging right over me right now. But so what I've been doing as I've been painting is I'll like take videos of myself, which not to watch because I don't like watching myself. I'm big on manifestation. Once I put that out into the universe, it's going to come to me. Like I can't doubt myself. So I'll video myself and I'll be like, okay, so this is what I'm doing now. Like the, this dog, for example. They asked me to do the dog. I'm nervous, but I know that it's going to work out. And then like in the end, when I know this works out, I want to be able to go back and look and see like where I was at that time in my life. So that's, that's kind of kind of been trying to document things as they come. And I was thinking, I was like, that'll be cool to have this because who knows where I'll be a year from now. Yes. So you got to send me a picture of your vision board and we'll put that up on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I will. And let me tell you this really crazy story. If you, I don't know if you saw it on my social yeah. media yet. I'm probably keeping you at this point. So I was painting one night and I was kind of just like in my feelings, like, you know, like, am I doing the right thing? Like, how do I know? I always want signs from like God, the universe, whatever, to like, whatever you believe in, I want signs from them to show me that like, I'm doing the right thing in my life. So I was painting and I was like, God, like universe, please just show me that, like, show me a sign that like what I'm doing is, is the right thing. And I kid you not, Kyla, the next stroke I took with my palette knife, a heart formed in the stroke. And I will send you a picture of it. It is a, a clear heart. And I was like, okay, well, there's my sign. And I was like, okay, well, I can't sell this painting now. So it's in my office. And every time I look at it, I'm like, that's my sign from God, from the universe, that like, I'm on the right path. And so that was, that was nice to see, you know, it's always nice to be reassured. It's a little thing. No, that's awesome. Days. I mean, you know, we have to like be excited about our own lives. We go through the same stuff and we're like, oh, it's just Friday. No, like people would be fascinated at the stuff that you do all day. Yeah. Oh, they would be. They would be. I guess, 
I'm a very busy person. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's better I don't have a relationship right now because I don't know if I have the time. Like, I don't have the mental stamina, the emotional stamina to put in, stamina to put in all that right now. So right now I'm just focused on me and my career. So <laughs> there we go. I'm going to send right, it to cool. you so you can see I'm not being dramatic. It really was a heart. It <laughs> was just cool. You. I don't know. I thought it was neat. It's a neat little story. It's a little thing. No, that's awesome. Here I we mean, are. Your career and your, your five art projects. Like, you're, you're busy. You're busy. I'm, I'm busy making a name for myself, whether it be in law, whether it be in art. Hopefully, it's in both. But I'm making myself better to be a better person and to really take advantage of everything that like I have at my disposal. Yeah, I so, love yeah. it. And I know people are going to love it. And they're going to learn so much from this. So, all right. Thank you so much, Teresa. I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend and leave a rating of this podcast. New episodes are released every week. So keep taking risk in your legal career and I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye.